you're awake. <laughs> yeah, for now. You're keeping that a spoiler, a surprise. <laughs> um, no, I did not. I just realized. Sorry. There we go. Just sent it over. <laughs> All right, cool. We're off to a great start. <laughs> well, like I said, I watched nothing this weekend because I lived at work for three days. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing there were the electrical problems weren't too bad because you were sleeping there, right? That would have gotten cold. Uh, it still got cold. Jesus Christ. See, I, I did get to watch uh, some football this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I see that. <laughs> Two best of friends. I will drive down there to beat you. We were very cool in high school. Who think they know football. I just went on a really long tangent there about Brett Favre. I have to pay more attention to the Lions this year. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. OurLions.com. Pro fancy football. Pro football reference. ESPN. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We are diehard football fans that just want to talk football. The 2M Football Show starts now. Guess what? It's us. It's the 2M Football Show back in action with you people, with me, Matt, and of course, none other than Mike. Mike, hello. Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike. Hey. You know what day it is? Oh, no, not this again. <laughs> <laughs> I had to check because I didn't off the top of my head because every day is the same. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, that, that commercial ruined my life. Hump day. <laughs> I know. Yes. It will never not be funny, and it will never not get old, right? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's always funny when it's not you. Yeah, just wait till someone makes a, a dumb commercial, and the main character is named Matt. Just, just wait. <laughs> I'm waiting. All right, well, you know what we... Hold on, how to segue this? You know, we don't have to wait for any longer. <laughs> there we go. Uh, no, this year's, what? this year's Super Bowl matchup. <laughs> we know the teams. What? There's one game left in the 2021 season. Of course, the Super Bowl. And oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna recap today the conference championship games. Uh, go over some news because there was quite a bit. And uh, we're, we'll have our full Super Bowl breakdown next week. Uh, we're just going to briefly talk about it uh, right now today. Yeah, we're going to actually you lightning yeah. fast today, people. Yep, yep. So but first uh, of all, the 500 pieces of news that happened in apparently the past three days. Yeah, yeah, a lot of this was the last three days. So yeah, let's start with the biggest one. Which Tom is? Brady. Yeah, I know that guy. After a little bit of confusion and back and forth, he is, in fact, retiring. <laughs> there was this weird thing where it was first reported Saturday by ESPN and a bunch of other places, and including his own TB12 Twitter account, but that, you know, he doesn't himself run, I don't think. But all these reports that he was retiring, he refuted those claims, as did the Buccaneers who said they had not heard anything yet from him. And he said he was still uh, weighing his options. But then just a few days later on Tuesday, he did it, make it official and make the announcement himself that he is retiring. 
the end and, of a legend and an era. Yeah, I was talking to some other friends about this. It just makes me feel so old because with Brady and Roethlisberger retiring, I feel like Rodgers is the last guy left from like the the old guard of quarterbacks that we grew up with. You know? Yeah. It's yeah, it's so weird. Breeze is the, retired. Yep. Rivers. Manning. Yep. Both of them. <laughs> well, you know, one over the other was a little bit better. <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, it's like my my kids growing up will never have really seen Tom Brady play. They'll think of him the same way we think of like Joe Montana. You know, it, it's really weird. Right. But like, spot. talk about yeah. a record that will probably never be repeated. I really don't think it will. Yeah. <laughs> Just to list a few because they're. There are like a million categories he leads the league in after his legendary like career. <laughs> yeah. So, so he played 22 seasons, won seven Super Bowls, was a league MVP three times, and he finishes as the all-time leader in passing yards and touchdowns, and most notably not interceptions as well, which at one point Brett Favre did hold that record for most touchdowns and most interceptions, which is hilarious, but not Brady. Um, and about a million other categories that you sent me on uh, Instagram that, that he's number one in. So incredible career. Uh, I, I also wanted to point out fun fact um, for most uh, receiving yards for players over 40, it was Jerry Rice with a big number and then Tom Brady with six, which I was subtly amused by that, that there's only two players in that category. That's hilarious. I don't remember, remember catching a pass. I just remember that famous uh, Super Bowl drop against the Eagles a few years ago. But good good for him. So, um, yeah, I think he's the unquestioned greatest of all time. Of course, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer in a few years when he's eligible. And this could, this looks like this is the end unless he's going to pull a Brett Favre. Doesn't seem like that's uh, the case. He doesn't though. seem like the type. I agree, yeah. At, and at age 45, he, and especially for the reasons he listed, wanting to spend more time with family and stuff like that, that it doesn't sound like uh, doesn't sound like he's even really thinking about coming back. So it's it's the it, like you said, the end of an era. So of course we had to lead with that. A couple other things did happen during the week. Ironically, like eight hours after we finished recording last week, we started getting the first dominoes falling in the, the head coach carousel and hiring Frenzy. And it started in Denver with the, Bron- Ooh, yeah. with the, Bron- with the Broncos hiring a Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, to be their next head coach. It's time for the hack attack in Denver. And along with Hackett, they're bringing over what a, what a great last name, Hackett. I was thinking hatchet. I'm like, right? isn't that an axe? But it's close enough. You um, know what? He's going to axe the competition next year. What, like, ask him a question? Or... <laughs> it's right. a loaded... Well, who message. else did he bring over? <laughs> a bunch of other coaches from the Packers, including their tight end coach, Justin Outen, who's going to be the offensive coordinator. And I, I thought someone else, too, but... For now, maybe that's it. But as we talk about, and we will continue to talk about throughout the offseason, what's going to happen next with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams? Denver just became even more of a logical place for them to go with 
with so many former I Packers there. The Broncos for a while. We we have yeah, we've been saying that since the off last off season when there were all those trade rumors that they really are a quarterback away from being a real contender. Watch one of us is going to pick the him as a playoff team sleeper that I've again. Seen even like leading rumors for Rodgers to go is going to be Pittsburgh, but I don't see it. Yeah. Although they do have a lot to figure out too. Watch one of us pick Denver as a playoff sleeper again next year for the third year in a row. <laughs> I feel like it's just got to be a tradition until they do something. Uh, okay. So a bunch of other hirings did happen as well. The Colts former defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus hired by the bears to be their next coach. Oh, this is where the Packers lost another guy. Their former quarterback coach is going to be the offensive coordinator in Chicago. Luke Getz. Yeah, who the hell is that? Even? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Not a name I've heard before, but still. <laughs> the point remains that the Packers are losing a lot of coaches. <laughs> and, of course, I, just like every piece of news, I think about it from the Packers fan perspective. And so we're already uncertain on Rodgers. They've lost their offensive coordinator, their quarterback coach, their tight end coach. They also fired their special teams coach after oh, what a playoff. Shock there. Yeah, That's I, about the well, only the shock, one I'm not surprised by. The shock is that it took this long, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> um, I got that joke. So uh, they promoted their offensive line coach to be the offensive coordinator next year. Just looks Which like a I lot of change. A good move. Sure. Yeah, the offensive line has been a strength, but it's just a lot of change and it makes – Makes you wonder if that weighs on the Rodgers decision at all, if this is going to be a bit of a work in progress around him next year, potentially around him or with Jordan Love. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Bill's offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, is going to be the next Giants head coach. Poor Dable. Yeah, I know. It's like I get one. Apparently they still believe in Daniel Jones. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. The, the only the only hope is look at what he did with Josh Allen after he looked pretty bad his first year and then steadily steady improvement under Dable. So we'll see if he can work his magic on Daniel Jones too. That's going to be a bigger test, much bigger test. I think okay, yeah, Josh McDaniels to the Raiders I think is confirmed. He's been the I think pass. it's like ninety percent con- confirmed but I haven't seen anything concrete yet. Right. And until this guy puts pen to paper, you don't want to say that it's confirmed because remember what happened a few years ago with the Colts <laughs> where uh-huh. he, he was all set to be their head coach and then accept by all accounts had accepted the offer and then backed out last minute to go back to the Patriots. Um, I think this is happening though, to the Raiders. He had a quote from McDaniels that said it took a very special place to leave the Patriots. And that's kind of a subtle dig at Indianapolis, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, we're not special. Yeah, but Indy's done well with Frank Reich, so I don't feel like they really lost anything out. True, yeah. But if anybody can take Derek Carr and make that offense a little bit more potent, it's going to be Josh McDaniels. Because look what they did with Mac Jones. Yeah, definitely. Just don't let Derek Carr throw the ball and we're fine. <laughs> or get him more than one real receiver. Hunter Renfro is all they've got. Moving right along to some non-news. Looks like Dan Quinn is going to stay with the Cowboys, this defensive coordinator. He was getting head coach buzz after how well they played last year, but no, he's stick, sticking around and was actually given a contract extension to stay in that role. Good for him. Good for Dallas. 
Ben Roethlisberger also announced his retirement since we last talked. What? This is one that everybody saw coming. And uh, yeah, they have a lot to figure out at the position because the current roster, Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, are not very promising there. <laughs> and then just today, actually, as we record on Wednesday, February 2nd, we got uh, the official Washington football team's new name, the Commanders. I am down with this. Yeah, I don't mind it. I feel like it's the safest thing they could have gone with, probably. And I'm a little disappointed that it seems like their logo is still just going to be the letter W. I was hoping they'd come up with something cool, like something a little more commanding. I'm wondering if it's going to just be with time, though. They'll probably go through a whole redo with it. But that may just be the simplest thing for now. Yeah. Yeah. If I was Washington personally, and I don't know, maybe someone's listening, I would hold a contest for the fans yeah. to design the new logo. Uh-huh. And that way, what it does is it appeals to their fan base, like all this change and all this uncertainty. But at the end of the day, they're there for the fans. And I think by doing like a contest for the Washington, Washington Commander fans, I think that would be a great PR uh, stunt for them to pull. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you know we'd get something more creative, uh, potentially. Well, depend, depends. I'm, I don't want to be there to sort through those because I'm sure some will not be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, there would definitely be some uh, not safe for work submissions, I'm sure. <laughs> so well, it would be someone's job to sift through all that. I wasn't even going there. I was thinking, like, instead of a W, it would just be a giant C. would be like, wow, oh. we've really, uh, <laughs> really crossed the line there. Yeah, I see what you're saying. All right, one more piece of news that I think this has all come out within the last like 24 hours. It's about Brian Flores, former Miami head coach and defensive coordinator in New England, has filed a lawsuit against the NFL and a couple teams, Giants and Broncos, and maybe one more, maybe the Dolphins. I don't know. Uh, he's He was fired this offseason, even though he had, it had a pretty successful last couple of years with Miami, two straight winning seasons, which hadn't happened for them since I believe it was 2003. So almost 20 years since they did that last. And he says that uh, the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, had offered him 100 grand per loss in an effort to tank, you know, so they would uh, have a worse record, get a better draft pick. And I guess he didn't do it. Obviously, he didn't because they ended this year on what almost a eight-game win streak through nine and one in the, to end the season or something like that. And the prior year they were game away, game away from the playoffs last year. So, uh, what he claims is that the owner became angry about this when the team was winning and it would hurt their draft position. And that, that what, I, all, what I don't understand about that one is why would they want to tank? Well, like it's not like they're struggling at quarterback or like there's this star-studded person, you know, for for an offense or whatever that would make them want the number one overall pick. And I was not like Joe Burrow's on the board again, so this (laughs) just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it depends what you think about like Tua, who has been up and down, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you always want higher draft picks, and and it's. 
it's objectively true that winning games at the end of the season when you're not near the playoffs is is meaningless and it does only hurt your draft position. So, I mean, tanking is, is not new. Everybody talks about tanking every season and m- multiple other coaches have come out and, and said that they've been told things like this by their team owners. It's just, it's never something you want to publicly do because if fans know you're tanking, nobody's going to come to the games. Nobody's going to care about the team. Right. Uh, so, yeah. We'll see if it goes anywhere. He also claims that some interviews that he's had for head coaching jobs, both this year and last uh, couple of years ago before he joined the Dolphins were uh, not real well, interviews. The Giants one is interesting because there was a uh... – there was a text message exchange apparently between him and Bill Belichick. Right. Yeah. That um, Bill accidentally sent it to the wrong Brian. Right. He wanted to send it to Dable that he was getting the job or something. Um, and apparently it was announced that uh, Dable was getting the job like three days before Flores' interview. Right. Yeah. So that is his, I think what he's arguing is that they only, like it was a sham interview that they had already picked their candidate and they had only even given him an interview to abide by this, uh, what's called the Rooney rule, I think. Yes. In the NFL, which is, there's a requirement that minority coaches candidates are considered for coaching positions and, you know, Flores would fit that bill. And he, he claims a similar thing about the Broncos back in 2019, that it, it wasn't a real interview that, uh, Elway and the others showed up late to the an hour late to that interview and hung over. Of course, everybody has denied all this, but it's uh, he's putting it out there in, into legal action. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And that is it for news. Why don't we Jeez, take a that quick was like break? Half our show. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I gotta love the off season. Uh, let's take a quick break and come back and, and recap the championship weekend. And we're back. Well, we're back. Want to talk Bengals Chiefs? Yeah, Bengals and Chiefs. Probably the uh, the game of the week of these two. Of the two, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, the Bengals were clearly the uh, underdogs with the Chiefs projected to win, as we all predicted, too. No, not me. I had the Bengals. You are lying, and I want that on record that you're dumb. To go to the tape and prove it too, but okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the Chiefs they came out of the gate and did what the Chiefs did. They scored touchdowns on their first three possessions, and right there, it was kind of like, oh, well, well, we thought the Bengals were going to put up a fight, but clearly, this is was not to be the case. Uh, yeah, um, that's how it looked. Especially because they didn't get their first touchdown until about a minute left in the first half, um, but. The defense started to kind of, you know, get back in the swing of things with a key goal and stand right before the halftime. Um, yeah, I really think this might have been a turning point in the game. Like, and we always talk about the word momentum, right? You mm-hmm. hear it all the time of, like, it just takes one or two plays to completely swing the way a team feels or just to put a bit of life back into them. And right before the half is the perf- time, perfect time for that to happen. Because now the Bengals go in, they've made a stand, they put a points on the board, like they're not out of this yet, right? 21 to 10, maybe people counted them out, but 
boom, the second half comes in, and this is where it starts to happen. The Joe Burrow magic begins. Uh, the Joe, Joe Burrow magic and the defensive magic. Like they just somehow they just dug in and just stopped this Chiefs offense from doing anything. Well, so Mahomes' rating at the first half was like 143.3 or something like that. What in the uh-huh. second half, do you know what it is? Was it zero? It was, it was <laughs> 1.9. Okay. Um, so this Bengals defense just came out of that gate, I want to say angry, um, because there's nothing other other way to say to shut out Patrick Mahomes than just angry. But two straight uh, stops on defense to open up third, the third quarter. And, you know, they only managed three points on the offense. Uh, the line was a problem, um, especially with penalties. Um, and, of course, Burrow taking a stack at key moments. That is Again, a combination like that's of just – yeah. What? Go on. I was going to say that it's usually I've seen it as a combination of like, you know, obviously failure to block, but also decision making. Like a few of these quarterbacks need to understand, like there are certain positions, places you can take a sack and it doesn't hurt anything and certain places you cannot. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to knock you out of field goal range, you probably don't want to end up on the ground. Right. And I know this isn't the first time that we've said this about Burrow in these playoffs, taking bad sacks that take them out of field goal range. Uh, but again, yeah, as we, we've week. also said, they have a stud kicker. So his range is pretty I mean, good. He's one of the few kickers that like is like, oh, I have to go out on the field. We're going to the AFC championship. No biggie. <laughs> yep. So 21-13 Chiefs at this point, right? It's still a game. That's a one possession game. One possession. Yep. Yep. Like can't count them out yet. Um Mahomes trying to be slick and doing his little slick skills, tries the screen pass that's then picked off, and the Bengals capitalize with the touchdown to guess who. You'll never guess. Mr. Chase, was he on the case? Yes, Chase was on the case. (laughs) Okay. And in this case, took the ball to the house Mm -hmm. with a touchdown pass. Um, Then they decided to do, which we both agreed was – the most logical thing to at least tie it. You're playing the Chiefs. You got to like make it to try to make it to overtime. And in a gutsy call, some would say they went for the two point conversion and made it. And that made at that point 18 straight points put up by the Bengals on the Chiefs defense. Right. So at the end of three, it's 21 21. Everyone's sweating. People are game eating on. tons of food. <laughs> it is officially a football game. Are sweating because of the food that you're eating in some cases. Well, yeah, because you're not supposed <laughs> to eat apparently 25 pounds of food a day. It's not advised, but it, hey, it's football season, right? That's right. That's our justification. You, you try watching um, a football game and not snacking. It's impossible. <laughs> right? So fourth quarter comes in. It is now. Now or never. Burrow. Oh, Joe Burrow. Come on. So good. So good in the third quarter. But third quarter was the Burrow quarter. And then the it looks like this may be what unravels it. Because again, we talk about momentum. So Burrow underthrows Jamar Chase on a deep route and it was picked off at midfield. And it's like, oh no. The right. It's like this now is it. get to the momentum, right? Like this, this is where it all comes undone. <laughs> um, but thankfully, like you pointed out, the defense bailed them out. Again, for the <laughs> yeah. fifth straight time, they stopped this offense. I don't think we can ever say that about another team. I, I was going to say, yeah, I wonder how many times they've gone five straight possessions without scoring all season. I, I bet it hasn't happened very often. Really impressive. 
Um, and then we were going to watch it happen again, right? Uh, Burrow <laughs> almost threw another one on the next drive. And it's like, dude, do you not want to take Cincinnati to like the Super Bowl? Like, is this, is it like we're going to take this step by step? I was out well, all well, that one because I that one would have been. Out. That one would have been even worse if it got picked because I, I literally don't know what he was doing. He was rolling out to his right, running away from the pass rush. Seemed like he was maybe trying to throw it away. It was close to the sideline, but the defender was able to make it was still in bounds. It landed and the defender made a diving attempt, almost picked it off. I'm just like, okay, what are you doing? Is he crumbling under pressure? But no. Yeah. And this is where we start shoveling more nachos in our faces. <laughs> um, but Burrow, you know, you don't count him out. Reconstructed knee and everything. Uh, he made the magic happen with his legs, which is one thing that the Chiefs aren't usually accustomed to, I think, as is, is these more mobile quarterbacks, especially because I don't personally think the run defense is that great. Mm-hmm. But um, on consecutive third downs, he proceeded to pick up the lines. Um, I like this nickname here, Evan McFearless. <laughs> That's I'm not good. sure if I I'm, came up with that or not, but I, I don't. I, think I haven't heard it before, so you get the credit until further <laughs> Thank notice. You. Thank you. <laughs> um, well done. Well done. Uh, 51 yard and gave the Bengals the first lead of the game. And at that point, it was 21 straight points for Cincinnati. And in that point, the Chiefs just had 34 yards of offense due to the fact that they were made to go crazy five times <laughs> yeah. I, those numbers can't be real that's not right you i know <laughs> zero missing somewhere someone double check that yeah so 24 21 Bengals. 604 left in the game everyone's breathing heavily the cheetos are gone <laughs> we're now down to the pencils making an emergency 25 minutes at this right. point and it's just not happening emergency uber eats order for more snacks <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings is on the case. It was a $50 Hashtag. order for 12 wings, but you know what? It's fine. Hashtag not a sponsor. Yeah, move on. Let's go. <laughs> Chiefs got their offense going just as we thought they would and moved on the field with new only by Kelsey McKinnon. Only a matter of time, but yes. <laughs> and that leaves it to the final two minutes. The timeouts remaining Kansas City three, Cincinnati two. The crowd goes silent. <laughs> it's first and 10 from the Bengals, 15. Mahomes scrambles, converting a third and two, along with a shovel pass to Kelsey. Play proceeds to use their final timeout uh, with 126 on a first and goal play, and you'll never believe what happened. <laughs> two I, consecutive. I well, I'm, I know. I'm reading this right. Like that next <laughs> point is right, right? They are both correct. Yeah. Two so consecutive Mahomes, sacks. Uh huh. Go on. Sorry. Mahomes gets sacked. Like, again, the Bengals defense, which apparently was mediocre all year, is like, now's a good time to play football. Sacks Mahomes back to the ninth. So now that makes it third and goal. He then takes another sack because, you know, that wasn't, you know, great enough (laughs) and gets sacked all the way back to the 25. That's like a 17-yard loss. It was a loss of yards and and almost lost on the game, too, because he actually fumbled when he went down this time. But Casey did recover. The Chiefs did. And, of course, Butker decided, he's like, ah, not on my watch. Nails the 44-yard ascendant to overtime. Chiefs got the ball first in overtime. Oh, boy, we've seen this before. Right. (laughs) Um, And there was even a comment by Joe Burrow about this, like, man, they got the ball back first. They got the ball first, and we all know how this ends. Uh, but Mahomes 
oh, Patrick Mahomes, maybe you should have played baseball because you threw an interception. <laughs> um, no, actually, this was on Tyreek. It was both, because, yeah. <laughs> um, it was a, Chiefs yeah. defense could not hold it up, and McPherson just kicked the field goal. And that sends Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl to face. You know what? We don't need to take another break. I don't, I don't know why I had a break in the notes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I set that up perfectly. And you just <laughs> that, that was great. <laughs> to face the winner of the 49ers Rams game. Um, yeah, I'll take this one. So let's start before the game. There was drama all week with uh, 49ers fans not being allowed to buy tickets to the game at, at SoFi Stadium. Uh, of course, the Rams home stadium. They wanted to get that home field advantage, but eventually they did roll into the public pressure after the reports came out. And, and just looking around the crowd at the broadcast, it looked like it was close to 50-50. There were a lot of 49ers fans in the house. It's like they're both California teams. Uh-huh. That is true. That is yep. true. <laughs> and the 49ers have been there longer, given uh, the Rams being in St. Louis the last however many years. Oh, do we count that? Anyway, proceed. I talked long <laughs> enough about a game. All right. So it started off kind of iffy for the Rams. Oh, you know, yeah? Stafford has been – it's been a weird year for Stafford. Like, he's been so good at times, but also he's made some head-scratching decisions. So they were Rams were driving on offense as they do, and they were in the red zone. He was targeting Cooper Cup, go-to guy in the end zone. Cool. But, the, but the coverage was good, and the the ball the throw was even a little bit behind him. So the defender was able to pop it up in the air where the safety grabbed it for an interception. Um, but the defense got a quick stop. Rams got the ball back, and they did get on the board on their next drive. Stafford to Cup once again. On a perfect corner route by Cup, Stafford dropped it in right over the, the defender's shoulder who had his back turned, and Cup safely made the catch to go up 7 nothing. And they were like, okay, here we go. Because the Rams were – actually, I think this game was only a three-and-a-half-point spread. It, the Rams yeah, it was much favored. closer than the other game. Yeah, but, but I kind of didn't think the 49ers would be able to do much on offense. Uh, however, oh, on their next – I mean, given the previous week, their offense only scored six points and they still won the game. Shut That's, up. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the, the 49ers came right back on their next drive. Garoppolo found Brandon Ayuk down the sideline for a big play. And then, of course, the the amazing Devo Samuel did what he does, too. It took a short pass, 44 yards all the way to pay dirt to tie it at seven. And the Rams struggled. They had some weird drops on their next drive. Cooper Cup uncharacteristically dropped a ball over the middle of the field. It would have been a huge gain. There was no defenders around him. So you can't say he heard footsteps or whatever. But, yeah, he did. He dropped one. And same drive. I have no idea if I spelled this guy's name right. I'm just guessing. Another Rams receiver, Ben's scrawny neck or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this one I uh, can't put on Stafford well neither of these these are both great throws Stafford dropped it in over his shoulder beautifully for what should have been an easy pitch and catch touchdown but he dropped it off his hands but uh, in that instance they were able to salvage the drive with a 54 oh no never mind he missed it 
sorry. It's like it's like I'm reading this for the first time. I, I swear I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know so who no, was but... reading this for the first time and managed to get that all right? You did great. It would not you would not have guessed. I would not have guessed that you were reading that for the first time. It's very well done. And I know you were because I sent you the notes five minutes ago. <laughs> anyway, the Rams missed but a 54. I didn't watch any of that game. Incredible. Uh, that's that's why you're the uh, the the heart of this podcast. <laughs> so anyway, the Rams missed a field goal from 54 yards go. out, and uh, that set up the Niners with good field position, and they were able to uh, drive down the field, set up a set up a field goal, and go into the going to halftime with a 10-7 lead uh, for the visiting 49ers. And in the second half, they would even extend that lead. They got the ball first after halftime. It was a long, uh, methodical touchdown drive. The back-breaking play for the, in terms of the Rams' defense was a third-and-ten conversion. And it was one of those where the guy caught it short of the yard, short of the line to gain, Jawan Jennings in this case. Yeah, he was like and, three or four yards short, too. And there were guys around him, but he was able to just push forward through all, multiple defenders, get the conversion. Uh, Jimmy G found tight end George Kittle two plays later from 16 yards out for the touchdown and the Niners were up by 10 at this point 17 to 7 it's like oh boy starting the uh get some oxygen for these guys on the sideline because it's getting getting tense but the Rams who had been silent since their I think their second drive of the game they, they did answer immediately with the long touchdown drive of their own kept by I another. don't know if this was the one because I actually saw part of this game uh, this was the one too where Stafford, I think it was Stafford, threw a deep ball and it hit one of the the Niners mm. like dead square in the chest. Not and yet. He dropped that <laughs> interception. Yeah, not yet. No. Uh, that would be on their next drive, but yes, that did happen. On this drive, Stafford was good, and they got back within three points, seventeen fourteen, early in the fourth quarter. And then, yeah, the Rams got to stop, tied it up on their next drive kicking a field goal thanks to, yeah, this was the drive where Jaquaski Tart uh, was the safety of the San, of San Francisco who dropped one of the easiest interceptions you'll ever see. It was a terrible decision, terrible throw by Stafford right into the bread basket, but he dropped it and the Rams were able to continue to drive and tie the game. Then let's see. This is where I think the most nerve wracking came from because I don't know what McVay was thinking with those two challenges because he burned all of his three timeouts at this point. Right. They lost them both, right? They they were ones that I wouldn't understand. Like, even if you won, it wouldn't have given them a huge advantage. Yeah. Well, wasn't one of them challenging the spot of the ball where, like... The first one if- was challenging the spot. The second one, I thought, because it looked like it was a fumble recovered. Mm-hmm. But it was I incomplete. Think he was challenging right? yeah. the ruling of a, that it was down, but it was a fumble. But I don't hold me to that. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I don't have that in the notes, so I'm not going to comment on it. <laughs> I don't remember. But the, the Rams did kick a field goal to go up uh, by three with a minute 46 left in the game, which is plenty of time. Time was not an issue for the, it's a classic two minute drill, just need a field goal for the 49ers. Uh, however, after I think it was an incomplete pass on first down, a negative three yard pass on second down, 
It's third and 13. Garoppolo came under massive pressure right away from both Aaron Donald and I think Von Miller was in on it too. And he, he did a pretty good job initially escaping, but he, then he just kind of threw it up there in the direction of running back to Michael Hasty. Uh, but it was too high for him. He deflected it off his hands and then got picked off. And that sealed the win for the Rams. So, so what you yes, tell me. Your Super so Bowl matchup. Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. The Niners are going home, and Garoppolo might have a new home by the time next season starts. Uh, all signs point to him not being with the team as they're already exploring trade options for him. But you, you can only imagine getting to the NFC Championship game increased his trade stock, his trade value. So should be able to get a deal done. All right, let's take one more quick break and then come back for our initial thoughts on Super Bowl 56. And we're back to football talking NFL. The matchup is set. Bengals versus the Rams, the venue we have known for a while at SoFi Stadium, home of the Rams. The battle for the wild animals. That's right. Who who would you take in this case? I think I think I'd take a Bengal over a, over a ram. What's a ram like a goat, right? Uh, the, yeah, with giant ass horns. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Granted, Bengal's a cat with giant claws, so who knows? Could go either way. You're a face with a giant dumb. How about that? Thank you. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty close. So this will be the second year in a row where the city hosting the Super Bowl has their team in the game, which I think oh, that's last year. Suspicious. I, right? Isn't that weird? Because I think last year. With, I think last year for Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers, I think was that was the first time it had ever happened, right? <laughs> now it's happened I think two so. years in a row. At least that the team won. Hmm, okay. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Well, we'll see if we're going to predict that to the team to win it in their home stadium again uh, next week. We'll do our predictions. But just to give a little more background to the game right now, the Rams, we know, have been Super Bowl or bust all year. They've made Jeez, so many deals and trades. And that, that was them. <laughs> they don't have a first round draft pick for like three years. And uh, with that, with those picks, they've made trades to bring in Jalen Ramsey a few years ago, Matthew Stafford this offseason. They signed uh, Odell Beckham Jr. as a free agent halfway through this year, traded for Von Miller right before the deadline. So, yeah, they, they are all in. The Bengals, on the other hand, are probably – they've got to be one of the unlikeliest teams to make the Super Bowl in recent memory or, or maybe ever. They've been last place in their own division, the AFC North, each of the last three seasons. And they've had a new head coach, Zach Taylor, since uh, 2008, 2019. This is his third year. Do, you do the math. <laughs> He's a, he was the first-time head coach when they hired him. This is his third year. And in his time there, they were 2-14 and 14 his first season, 4-11-1 in year two. And then this year, 10-7, and seven, won the division. And won the conference, and they are making an appearance in the Super Bowl. Wow! Good job, Zach Taylor. Right? It's also the first time a quarterback has been drafted number one overall and then made the Super Bowl within two years, ever. And uh, overall, just the quickest turnaround of a franchise in NFL history. So, pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Right. And then most importantly... I saw this note that Cincinnati public schools will be closed the day after the Super Bowl, 
uh, on that Monday, quote, for what we believe will be our first ever Super Bowl victory, end quote. And I love this for so many reasons. Uh, first of all, I've always said, and I think you agree with me, that the day after Super Bowl Sunday should be a national holiday. Right? <laughs> it, it just should. So I love that the Bengals are, or that the city of Cincinnati is doing this for their schools. Hopefully local businesses follow suit so that uh, parents don't get stuck. I don't just think having to Walmart find is going to close for the Super Bowl, <laughs> but we can hope. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. We, we can hope. You're right. That's all we can do. And uh, yeah, so that's a brief intro to the game. We'll, of course, a little talk. teaser, a little tasty teaser. Yep, and, and with the extra week off between conference championship weekend and Super Bowl weekend, we will be back next week to do our full game preview. So, Matt, unless you have anything else to add, we can end it here. I don't think so. I mean, it's 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 here. That's all I could say. <laughs> it felt like we just started this super this season a few weeks ago. And uh, we're here. We are here. So, yeah, with that all being said, we'll be back next week, do our full breakdown, make our picks for the Super Bowl. Maybe we'll try to have a guest on. We'll see if we can do that. And, uh, and maybe next week we'll talk about uh, some fantasy football stuff. There clearly wasn't time for it today with all that news so well that's good because my dry erase board's a little empty over there you fill it up with the top 10 at every position and we'll be good to go next week you, next week i'll be the yeah. one just reading the notes <laughs> although i, I will say that. You, did, you, you did a very good job with them so thank you oh you are very welcome that's what i get paid to do on this podcast <laughs> that's why you get the big bucks that's right so, yep, until next week, we will uh, do our due diligence on the, <laughs> on the Super Bowl research and fantasy football, and we'll talk to you next time. Let's not make too big a promises, but we will <laughs> see everybody next week. I feel like that alone is a big promise, given our scheduling issues, but yes, <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us at our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.